0: We love you, Lord. We praise you. We honor you. We give you our hearts this morning. We recognize that you are the Lamb of God that has taken away our sin. But that sin took your death. That sin put you on a cross. Our sin put a crown of of thorns upon your head and nails in your hands and feet. And so this morning we declare you are worthy. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy to be praised worthy of our worship this morning. Oh, we love you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness and mercy that continues to follow us. It goes wherever we go, not because of our goodness, but because you are good. think about that song, The Lamb of God. This is an important image to have. We want to pray for Pam Johnson this morning. Her brother passed away. He did have cancer, but he died un- unexpectedly. And so if some ladies want to gather around Pam, we want to pray for her. And we want to pray for Phil, uh, Phil and Merritt. Merritt's mother passed away this morning. We know that she had not been doing good, and it's just it was really sad to hear that news this morning. So we want to lift up merits and just ask God to touch these two families that are hurting. Lord, we come to you in these moments. What can we say? In these moments, what can we do? In these moments, Lord, we just look to the Lamb of God who died upon the cross, who went through the pain and agony of death, who suffered and was tormented, was isolated. So I know God, Pam, this morning, has gone through the difficulty of the passing of her brother. And I just pray, God, that you will help her and the family. Give them great peace this morning, a peace that goes beyond understanding, a peace, God, that goes beyond our emotions. I just pray that you will bless her this morning. We know where her brother's at. We know he's in the presence of the Lamb of God. But you also know where we're at today. We're still on this earth. We still have the, our emotions. We still have the memories. We still have that pain. So would you help us? Would you help Pam and her family this morning? And for merit, oh God. Jesus. Of her mother, just ask you to touch her life. Right now, bless Phil and Meredith and their family. We pray for Bud this morning, who for 61 years was committed to this woman. We know where Kathy's at this morning. We know she's in your presence. We know that she has no more pain, no more sorrow. We know that, and Lord, we do find hope in that thought this morning, Bud, Lord, and you know where he's at today. That loneliness, that brokenness. So God, we pray for him, and for Aaron and their family. Help them, Jesus. Help them, Lord God Almighty, to find you, to find hope, to find strength. Oh, how we love them, Lord, and we just want to be a blessing to them in the weeks to come, the months to come. Help us, Lord. We thank you for your grace, and mercy these things in your name, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Thank you for praying. You may be seated this morning. We thank God for his mercy and a family. I actually joined the uh, Ackland Home Group last night because uh, they were celebrating the them next week, but, um, you know, this it's a wonderful thing to be a part of a family, this church family that we're a part of, that when we go through difficulties, we can count on each other, and that's what I saw last night, and that's, that's what I see this morning, and online, even though if you're online, you are a part of a family, and so we just encourage you to, if you want to connect with us, you can do that, hit the connect button, you can share prayer request that we will pray with you, and just just know you're a part of a family that's here, that's real, and that Jesus is the center of our family. And that's the most important part of our family, is that Christ is at the center of our family, and, and we encourage you. We know we have a wonderful ministry that uh, Melanie puts together, leads our grief share, and uh, just, just an important opportunity to share that grief with one another. Thursday nights, and so if you know of anybody else, just just encourage them to be here. Uh, Thank you for your faithfulness in giving this morning. You can give online by clicking that Give button, or today you can use an envelope and give on on your way out. But most importantly, thank you for giving your hearts through worship and praise, because as you're worshiping God, He inhabits that praises, and as He comes, He, He comforts those in need. So sometimes when life is going great for you and you're thinking, ah, maybe life's really good, I don't know if I'll go to church today. You know what? You be here because somebody else is hurting. You need to be there for them. And when you worship God, you're like, well, I don't have any needs today. Well, guess what? You can worship the Lord. You can worship the creator of the universe. And when you worship him, his spirit comes and it helps other people. It helps other lives. Every Sunday you wake up, we should all be worshiping the Lord. And and with that in mind, I wanted to share with you a a kind of a summer plan talking about home groups. i shared this already with you, that my approach to home groups would kind of be seasonal, that we would promote them, not that we would make anybody stop, but that we would promote home groups uh, seasonally because I would want to have another focus. And uh, this other focus that we're going to have, this is timely. And and so we're kind of ending. Most of our home groups are ending, and we'll definitely no longer be promoting them because we're going to begin promoting a kind of a summer plan. And uh, and you can see there. uh, So the series I'm going to be doing in, in the summertime is called 24 7 Disciple. And so we're going to kind of be shifting away from the teachings of Jesus and looking at the life of the disciples. But with that, that 24 7 in mind. Uh, It also is going to help us practically, because the plan that I have that I want to implement during the summer of June, July, and August is on the second and fourth Wednesday, I want us to come together as a family to pray. So bring the kids, bring everybody, uh, teenagers, everybody, I want you to come together. I think it's so important that we're praying, and, and also I know summers are busy. So we're back together on Sundays. We're coming to that. So I, I'm not doing this. Going to do this every week. If you want to come and pray every week, you're you're more than welcome to to this building any time and, and pray. So i just I picked the second and fourth Wednesdays of the month that we could come back together and we can pray as a family. We're going to open up with a time of worship and we're going to let our kids lead us in worship. Not so much up here, but down there. That's it. We'll see what happens, but. Uh, We just want to worship with our kids on a Wednesday, and then we're going to have just a time of corporate prayer, and then we're going to break off into groups. Pastor Heather will be available to take kids, Uh, but I wanted us to come to be a family, and uh, home groups is important. That's why we do that. But coming back as a family is, 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 is also important, and so I want us to be a part of a family that prays together. So it's great that we've been praying in homes. Love that to do that. That doesn't have to stop. But I want us to have a time where we come together and pray and pray with each other. So I'm looking forward to those Wednesday nights. You'll be hearing more about them. But I wanted to put those dates in your mind because it's going to come. June will be here before you know it. You can turn into your Bibles if you have them, but we do have the uh, verses that I'm going to share from Luke chapter five, verse 17. They'll be on the screen. The Luke chapter 5, let me begin, begin reading. Verse 17 says, One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When the crowd could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Friend, your sins are forgiven. What an interesting story! As a preacher, this story greatly interests me. So think about this as we, as, as you were reading this, and I don't know if you were thinking about it, but think about this: Jesus is the Word of Life. He is the Word. So when Jesus is speaking, you know, He is better than E. F. Hutton. Everybody's going to be listening when Jesus, the Word, is speaking. So I imagine when I'm looking at those first few verses when it says one day Jesus was teaching, now you have the Pharisees there, you, you have the teachers of the law, you got important people are there. Obviously, because it's Jesus, he's teaching. Obviously, there were people who didn't like what he taught, and they didn't like him. But at the end of the day, they could not deny the power of his word. And we see that these, those leaders, whether they were there to mock him or just give him evil eyes, They were nonetheless there. Why? Because he was a powerful teacher. And so I imagine that day as he was teaching, you could hear a pin drop. Nobody was going to move. Nobody was talking. All you could hear is the words coming out of Jesus' mouth. Until all of a sudden you hear this, you know, on the roof. And everybody's like, okay, Jesus, you're, you're, you're a really, really good teacher, but... Okay, you know, you start hearing these things, you start hearing this commotion, and all of a sudden, now you're hearing the ripping. And now everybody's like, okay, Jesus, you're, you, everything you say is so good, but we need to know what in the world is going on. You know, we're, we're distracted. And all of a sudden, the roof, I know that would be the case, right? I mean, everybody's just, you're glued into what I'm saying, but I understand that if we started hearing the roof coming apart, I would expect you guys to do something. i expect Jim, Morris, or Mark to go up there and say, what in the world is going on to our roof? And so you have this, you know, Jesus is there. He's teaching, and you have this tearing away. And now you see this mat being lowered in front of the crowd. All right, I think at this point, Jesus is not teaching. I don't think he's saying anything. He's obviously watching. These, these, this powerful lesson is just stopped and this man is being brought down and the first word out of Jesus' mouth is friend. Now wait a minute. As a preacher, as a public speaker, when somebody is being a distraction, the last thing I'm thinking is calling them a friend. If your phone goes off right now, waiting for, okay. if your phone were to go off I don't I don't you know naturally as a public speaker I'm not thinking, hey friend, you should get that. <laughs> so glad you had the ringtone on because you would have missed that phone call. No, you're not thinking that as a public speaker, you're giving them the eye, like, seriously? You don't you know there's a silent button on your phones? I, I mean really there you, you can still get vibrated. you still know. But not Jesus. I'm going to stop this lesson. This this teaching lesson is important. The words I speak are the words of life. But I'm going to stop all that because there's something happening. Now, let me share, and I kind of just shared that, but let me open up uh, the the life of a pastor just for a moment uh, with you. And you will all understand this in some form or fashion. But I was taught directly and indirectly that you should remove all distractions. From public speak, when you are preaching, you need to do your best at removing those distractions. So you should have ushers. All right, I'm grateful we have an usher today that that's here and watching us. We have a security guard uh, that that's there and it's helping us. I was also taught you should have places for parents to take their children because children more than likely are going to be a distraction in a service. So you should have places for them to go. So I'm grateful that we have that room. There We have ministry to toddlers downstairs, and I think that's wonderful. I'm not against those thoughts. I'm not against those ideas, but I remember really being taught that when there's a distraction in the service, man, you should be really irritated. You know, you should let people know that that's not appropriate. I've also was indirectly taught, and I've seen a lot of uh, of. of Churches do this, like at the end of service, you'll hear the pastor say, Close those doors. Ushers, hold the people. And you maybe even hear the pastor say, Nobody move. And you know what? I'm not against that either. And I and I'm not trying to be totally sarcastic there, but that is what I've seen. That's what I have experienced. So early on in my ministry, as I'm learning these things, I am checking my heart because I'm learning that, you should eliminate all distractions. Like if you should, if you had a distraction killer gun, you should carry it with you. If you see a distraction, you know, you see a phone, you know, you take it out, crying baby, send them that way. You know, you need to get rid of distractions. And so I began to check my heart. I'm like, God, I don't like that feeling. Because at the end of the day, do you really think, and this is what I ask myself, do I really think a crying baby? Stop God from speaking to somebody's life? Do I really think somebody's phone ringing in services all of a sudden, oh, they've ruined it. There goes the Holy Spirit. He's out of here. The phones are ringing. And I came to grips with the reality, like, no, I really don't think that. I really don't think a crying baby or somebody getting up, uh, you know, I, I remember there, I would be in staff meetings and they would talk about the people who were sitting in the front. Who got up to use the bathroom four times, and they're like, "Oh my goodness, Damn, I think you're, well, I'm probably going to have to use the bathroom now. I know it, and it's going to be okay if you do." No, I'm. You know, you know, you. We. I've been in those meetings. They're like, "Can you believe they sat in the front row and they got up four times?" And it's. We got to the point where you're. You know, you just despise distractions. And first and foremost, I want you to know. I want to stay accountable to you. So I want you to know. I don't think that. I don't think. Somebody distracting in a service can ruin God's spirit moving. I don't think, and I hope I never say, ushers, hold the doors, nobody moving, you know, everybody just freeze, freeze. I got something important to say. You know what? speak to somebody's heart. God is going to speak to somebody's heart. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. There's nothing do, nothing that I can do to stop it. There is no distraction out there that can stop God from working in our lives. Because when the creator of the universe wants to speak to lives, he will speak and lives will be changed. He just wants our hearts to be pure. He just wants us to be calm and focused, not on, you know, my words, but on what he is doing. And this is so important in our lives, and and because we've taken distractions, and we've looked at them like, this is bad. You've got to get rid of all distractions. And we see that in this particular instance, Jesus, the teacher, now this story that I just shared with you, he doesn't, he's not, I, I shared a portion of scripture that he's not saying a whole lot. But what he does and what he doesn't do is so important. And what he did in this particular story is that he taught me something. He taught me that distractions are potential opportunities. And this is an important point to be made because it, don't, it doesn't just apply to me as a public speaker. It applies to you, living your daily life. Because really, who wants to be distracted? Now, when I talked about that, many of you bosses or managers, or you understood me, right? You know, you don't like being distracted when you got a team meeting. You want everybody to be focused. Hey, I'm, I'm talking here. I'm in charge. Listen to me. And you know, you don't want somebody that's there and they're they're talking because what do you usually do, boss, manager? Give them that look, like. So this applies to us. Or who likes to be distracted when you're talking to a friend? Nobody likes being distracted. But Jesus is teaching us something here. He's teaching us that distractions, they're actual opportunities. And that was something that was so important to train in my mind because I was being trained to think that distractions are bad. And I started thinking, no, I'm not going to accept that. I'm not going to take that into my ministry now, like I told you, I have ushers, we have rooms, I'm not going to close that room down. I, I I agree, I do prefer speaking without distractions, absolutely. But I'm not going to let distractions distract me. I'm not going to let distractions get me a bitter heart or a mean heart. And this applies to our lives, because if I can do that while I'm speaking, God has helped me to do that in life. Because do you do I get distracted in life? Absolutely. Distractions all the time. Always being distracted. Who wants to be distracted? Nobody wants to be distracted. When you're focused, when you are set on doing something, when you have taken out the to-do list and you've said, this is what I've got to do today, nobody wants to get that phone call. You know, remember when caller ID came out? I was like, yes, caller ID. I can see who's finally calling me because usually back in the day, you just picked up the phone. You're like, well, the phone's ringing. I don't know who it is. Oh! Then caller ID came. yeah, it's that guy you know. not going to answer that. I am busy and now our phones Oh man, I'm busy. Oh, I can't answer that. I can't be distracted. Now again, you know I'm not asking you to take every phone call. I'm not asking you just to you know change your constantly change your schedule. I'm asking you to have the heart of the teacher that says Lord, are you doing something? Maybe this distraction is good. Maybe this distraction is helpful because we are citizens of heaven. We are not governed by our feelings, we're not governed by what we see. I am not governed as a preacher by what I hear. And I might hear a crying baby, and I might see or hear a ringing phone, but I'm not going to be distracted by that. I'm not going to be upset about that. I'm not going to be angry about that because I'm not governed by that. I'm governed by the Spirit of Almighty God. And even if everybody were to leave because the roof was caving in, I could still preach if there was still one person here. Why? Because I am responsible to the Holy Spirit and what He's doing in our lives. And so we, I, I love that scripture verse that says, we walk by faith, not by sight. And I've always taken that verse to say this, we walk by faith, not by our five senses. This world that we live in today, they are walking by their five senses. Why are people getting mad? Because they're walking by their five senses. Why are they getting frustrated? Because they're walking by their five senses. Why are they bored? Why, why are they filled with hate? Because they're walking by. Five senses, but you and I, we don't walk by our five senses, we walk by faith, and we are able to see things differently. I love James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, lacking nothing. These are the type of verses that we can live. So step one, I mean, is a distraction. If you can look beyond distractions and see an opportunity, guess what? You're maturing. But if you still get mad at people for cutting you off, you still get mad. We we talked about this a few weeks ago about deferring to people. And that incident, a man got upset because he thought somebody was cutting in line. If you're still getting upset about those things, how are we going to get to James chapter 1, verse 2? So, step one, let's get beyond distractions. Let's embrace them. Let's say, okay, and here, it's going to happen this week. I prophesy over your life. You will be distracted this week, and you will be able to apply this message, and you're going to think, okay, God, is this an opportunity? No? All right. It's not. I'm going to move on. Oh, no, it is. I'm going to do something about it. That's all I'm asking you to do, is to have this heart, this heart filled with peace, this heart that's not so into yourself, because really what a preacher is saying is, my words are the most important thing, and whatever you're thinking of or doing, it's not important. I don't think of myself that way. I don't think I have the most important things to say. I think the Bible does, and I will declare his word, but I don't think that. So I don't look at somebody who's distracting and think, you're wasting my time. I think I'm 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 honored that you're even in my presence and you're even listening to me. I don't think that way. So if we can get beyond distraction, then we can get to the place of James chapter 1, verses, verse 2. And then we can begin to see because God's blessings are not always obvious. God's blessings are not always obvious. But when your focus is the Lord, when your focus is taken off of you, God's blessings become a little bit clearer. And we begin to see that even in a distraction, I can be blessed. Even when I'm distracted, in my past I used to get mad, but now I don't get mad. I just ask God, God, what do you want me to do? And God can bless my life through that. We see God working in all things. We see God working in all things. We see Him working in distractions. We see Him working in trials. We see Him working in difficulties. We see all of those as opportunities. We no longer just get mad and upset. And I'm there. I'm learning with you. But let's learn together. Let's grow. Let's mature. Let's get beyond these petty issues that we used to get mad at. Because there's bigger issues to deal with. There's trials at hand. And we want to be able to see God working in all things. Because here it is. Trials would be, I think, uh, the ultimate distraction, a trial. You know, it's one thing for uh, a crying baby to, to be crying while I'm preaching, and it's another when you go through a miscarriage. If I can't even handle that distraction, how am I going to handle a trial? But if my heart is, is set on the Lord, and I say, you know, oh, they're crying, that's great, no problem, no, you know, I, that doesn't bother me and I develop this mindset, and I develop this mentality, and my heart can handle that. Guess what? When I get to the trial, I'm not looking at this trial. I'm not getting mad at God. I can tell you exactly where Tara and I were at that day, that whole day when she came out of the doctor's office. Vivid in my mind. But never, never was I mad at God. Never was I, oh, I can't believe this. God, why is this happening to me? It was, okay, Lord, you're going to be with us. You're going to give us strength. This is just going to be an opportunity for us to praise God, to give you praise, to give you thanks, because you are worthy of it all. We see God working in all things. God, you are working in it all. No, we don't want those things to happen. No, we don't pray for those things to happen. But we live in this world. And Jesus said those things I want to be ready for them. I want to say, God, I want you to help me to see that there are some things in my life that, even though it looks difficult, it looks like it. I actually be mad and upset. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory, and we can see God's blessings are wrapped up in the process. And that's what I've learned. I've, I went beyond just praying about distractions. I have said, okay. I see this opportunity. Then I realize, oh, God, you know, I, when I get to those trials and I say, okay, Lord, you've got something for us. You've got a blessing for us. You're going to open a door for us. Uh, I, My friend Josue, he's not here today because he's, uh, uh, if many of you remember him, he shared his testimony out in our prayer service outdoors, and he shared how uh, he, he was away from God. Him and I grew up in a, the same church together. Wonderful church, but he reached life, and he was just not interested in serving God until one day an accident took his father's life and paralyzed him. And many of you remember that story, and now he is one of uh, many families, new families who are, are joining our church. He's not here today because he's with the uh, veterans, uh, the Paralyzed Veterans of America. He's a chapter president, and he's up for a a national board position. And so that's where he'll be for the next couple of weeks. But some people will look at Josué, and he's usually right there, and they'll say, oh, that's a man in a wheelchair. I don't see a man in a wheelchair. I see a man who is filled with the love. I see a man who's being influential. I see a man who has a voice that he didn't have before. I see a man that God has taken him to places he has never been before. I see a man that's being used by God. Why? Because he now understands that God's blessings are wrapped up in the process. And sometimes the process is you show up to see Jesus and you can't get in. You can't get there. You've traveled a a long distance, and you've carried your friend, and you're like, hey, just hang on. We're almost to Jesus. And you get there, and you can't get in. Sometimes the process is not nice. It's not fun. It's not inviting. It's difficult. It's hard. It's not easy. And you get there, and you reach that point, and you want to give up thinking it to yourself. No, we're not going to give up. And in that story, as we look back in that story, these men were not going to give up. They had a spirit inside of them that says, "We are going to be. We're gonna. We're we're gonna do whatever it takes to help our friend." Because on the other side of the distraction is usually a, a trial. You know, on the other side of that distraction, there's probably somebody who is hurting. And that's the other piece that I've learned in life. I've thought that many times. You know what I do? <laughs> it's, um, I, what I do, uh, I've, I've learned to do this, and I'm, I'm getting re- a pretty 100% at this, but God continued to help me. I used to get a little, when I'd hear an ambulance coming, I'd be like, oh, the light's going to turn red. I started thinking to myself, what am I thinking? There is somebody that's hurting in that ambulance. Either they're taking somebody that's hurting, or they're going to go help somebody that's hurting. A fire truck, oh boy, got to pull over, lose my place in line probably, somebody's going to pass me up, going to hit the red light. And I started thinking, what am I thinking? They're going to help you see how we how we function in life sometimes? We think we're the most important person on the planet and really nobody else matters. Don't they know I'm trying to get somewhere? Don't they know I'm pastoring people? I'm trying to help somebody, I'm trying to serve people, I'm trying to help the community? No. And so I when I hear an ambulance now I start praying. over them, protect them, who's ever in that ambulance, God, would you be with them? And I start thinking, and then when I start thinking about that, I start thinking about their family. God, help their family who's, who's struggling. And now this thing that used to distract me has now given me an opportunity to pray for somebody. Do you see how that works? That on the other side of the distraction, there is somebody's serious trial. So what if they cut in line? They're probably cutting in line because they're not even thinking straight because they're so filled with anxiety and depression and they don't know what to do in life. Let them cut in line. Who cares? Pray for them. God, they must be really hurting inside. Help them. Do you see how we live as light and darkness when we start living this way? And so on the other side of that distraction, there was these four guys with their friend who were in a trial. Who cares if a roof is taken off? This guy is paralyzed and he's coming down. And it reminded me of these, these guys. reminded me of this picture. Uh, I'm sure you've seen this picture of the you know the frog in the crane's mouth. And uh, you know, never give up. I used to have that picture in, in my Bible school and uh, dormitory, and uh, I just love that picture. And even when you're in the you 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 know everybody's like you're gone, you're dead. You're like, nope. <laughs> No, I'm not. I still got my hands. My head might be in his mouth, but I'm still here. I'm still hanging on. It kind of reminds me of Daniel. So many times we pray, God, keep us from the fire. And I'm sure Daniel was praying that prayer, God, keep me from the fire. But guess what? Daniel was thrown into the fire. And Daniel just kept praying. I'm I'm sorry, I'm thinking, I'm sorry, the lions then, sorry. I was waiting for somebody to raise, nobody raised their hand. I'm a little bit worried about you guys and your Bible reading. Daniel and the lions said, God, don't let me be thrown into the lions. Daniel was thrown into the lions. But it was when he was thrown into the lions that he saw God's power at work. Yes, sometimes God, he keeps us from the lions. And other times he lets us go in there because he wants us to see his power at work. And it's this this spirit inside of us that says, I'm not going to give up. You can throw me in a den of lions, I'm not going to give up. The three Hebrew boys who were thrown into the fire, we're still not going to stop worshiping God. I'm going to keep worshiping our Lord. And what what happened? And I just I'll share this last point a tenacious spirit will unwrap God's blessings. I just I just want us to keep serving God with all of our heart and with all of our mind and all of our soul and all of our strength. I'm never going to give up, Lord. No matter what. No matter what we're going through never going to give up. I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep loving. I'm going to keep giving. I'm going to keep giving my very best. There's nothing that can stop me, God. I'm going to keep looking at people, not as distractions, but I'm going to keep looking at people as opportunities to be God's love. I'm going to, I'm God, I'm not going to give up on those angry people. I'm not going to give up on those people that are, oh, Lord, you know, they get on my nerves. I'm just going to look at them, Lord, as opportunities for you to live your, let your love shine forth. What does Jesus, and so that's, that's what Jesus saw that day. Where everybody else saw a distraction, Jesus saw these four men who were not going to give up. And what does Jesus say? Friend, your sins are forgiven. Were they there to, to have his sins forgiven? No. They were obviously there so that he would be healed. But what was the most important thing that that man needed? Healing or his sins forgiven? spoke what he needed the most. He said, friend, your sins are forgiven. When we have that spirit that won't give up, when we have that spirit that's not focused on us, but's focused on the Lord. Today, I'm not focused on me. I'm not focused on what I can get out of life. I'm focused on, Lord, what can I do to help others? What can I do to serve others? I, I know there's going to be distractions. That's going to be an opportunity for me to serve others. And when you have that kind of spirit, when you have that kind of faith, God doesn't just meet your needs. He goes above and beyond your needs. He does exceed exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever ask or imagine. That's what Jesus does. He takes care of your your most biggest need, the thing that you're not even thinking about, the thing that you need the most. God knows what it is, and he will take care of it as long as you are focused on him and doing his work and doing his and spreading his love. So those distractions sometimes, they'll come into our life. I pray that we'll start seeing those distractions, and we'll start seeing through the distractions like Jesus did. Start seeing people of faith. We'll start seeing people who are hurting. We'll start seeing people who are frustrated. We'll look past the distractions. We'll look past the angry words. We'll look past, you know, the the backbiting, and we'll see that people need love. People need forgiveness. People need hope, and I have it because I have Christ. I have the Lord in my life. I'm going to invite the team to come up at this time. God's blessings are not always obvious. Most preachers that day would have said, this is not a blessing of God. This is bad. This is, this is not going to be a good day. The roof is falling. But Jesus said, no, this is a blessing. This is a blessing. And I'm going to see it that way. And I'm going to believe for it that way. And I'm going to just live my life that way. I'm going I'm to take control of my mind. I'm going to take control of my thoughts. And that's how I'm going to see, and I'm going to see in everything, God's blessings, God working in us. Would you stand this morning online? You can join in with us. The the worship team is going to lead us in a song. And I just pray that God's spirit would continue to work in your heart and in your life. Father, I pray and I ask by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would begin to speak to us. God, we are being distracted by the world around us. There are distractions. There are trials. There are people. There are circumstances. And they're all caving in on us, Lord. May we not take our eyes off of you. This morning, may we not take our eyes off of your word. May we not take our eyes off of the truth of the gospel. And in so doing, God, we're going to see blessings. We're going to see that change open up a door to experience your goodness. We're going to see difficulty open up a window for us to receive your presence and power. You are great and greatly to be praised, O God.